Hello and welcome to Radio, a podcast produced by myself, Ross Drakes, and my co-host, Rich Maholland, who's here in spirit alone. Um, we are members of the Entrepreneurs Organization in South Africa, and we make this by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Today, I'm with the deeply handsome and really, really talented Don Packett, who is the future COO of the Cultivation Group and the current CEO, I assume, yep. of Missing Link. Correct. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we ask all of our people the same question when we kick it off. Uh, give us your elevator pitch. And I suppose you could do both. You can pitch Missing Link and then you can pitch Cultivation and we'll see which one is more polished. <laughs> right. I feel like the, the Missing Link one is probably a bit more polished. So Missing Link is a presentation specialist company. We work with uh, any individual organization to help them deliver live messages to live audiences uh, as effectively as uh, possible. Way better than what they've been doing it previously. Okay. Yeah, and we do this for 22 years. And um, it's, we've realized it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a science of putting a, a narrative together and a message from a presentation perspective. And once you learn that, it's, uh, it really is easy sailing about how to develop that and deliver it. And cultivation? Cultivation. Cultivation is a group of companies that focus on activating audiences. So through all the different businesses, which Missing Link is one of them, um, we ensure that any time an individual is standing up or working with uh, another person or organization, they're activating that audience in some way, shape, or form. So Missing Link from a presentation strategy perspective, 21 Tanks from a facilitation and game-based team building perspective, Firing Squad is a, a direct um, uh, outbound uh, mailer uh, business lead generation it's amazing uh, the sales department is outsourced sales management human rights is, is a, a notebook business and then of course we have talk draw which is um, uh, for all intents and purposes the uh, netflix for presentations we are taking managers and turning them into leaders through giving them the tools to be able to present to their teams and which of those businesses is your favorite <laughs> that is a very very Horrible question to ask. I have no favorites. They're all special in their own special ways. Like having six children, you can't choose a favorite. <laughs> Although I am quite excited about the scalability of a, 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 a certain number of them to be able to grow and uh, internationalize because uh, we've realized that, um, you know, in Johannesburg, you've got a, a pool of people that you can you can access from a missing link perspective in general. It's the oldest business uh, that Rich started in 97. And um, I like the idea of scaling uh, other businesses and we can go international. So that's that's hugely exciting. Okay. And uh, so, so how did you end up here? Like, you, you know, we were talking before we started recording and, and you were saying that you... you almost out of a job uh, by Saturday, <laughs> you, you'll, be, you'll be unofficially uh, off-boarded as CEO and officially on-boarded as CEO. How did you, right. like, tell us, take us through your journey. Like, how did you, how did you start? How did you, like, how did you end up there? So, um, I grew up in Valcom, in the Free State. It's a small, um, uh, milli-growing, mining uh, town or city. It's classified as a city. Uh, so, yay. <clears throat> And um, what's that? It has, it has lots and lots of roundabouts. It does. After I left, they started putting traffic lights in. Um, I don't think they wanted me to get that spoiled. So, <laughs> um, and so, so Valkum is a, it's a small town. It's a cozy town. When we were kids, we used to walk around and um, not have to worry about any kind of dangers and all the rest of it. And so, when I uh, left 
um, Valcom to go study in Pretoria, I uh, I wasn't really um, globalized <laughs> in terms of the world. So Pretoria is um, it's 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 like an Afrikaans version of of Johannesburg. And I started learning like a lot of things that I just wasn't exposed to. One of them was uh, punk rock. And uh, my, my um, girlfriend at the time, she introduced me to punk rock. And through punk rock, I started meeting a lot of people. One of those people is uh, my now business partner, Rich Mulholland. Um, and through uh, punk rock, we started uh, hanging out a lot more. I, I found out about this business that he'd only had for about five years called Missing Link. Um, and it sounded quite interesting. At the time, I was studying graphic design and I was teaching myself how to edit videos. I was quite bored. Um, and then slowly but surely, after I studied, I was doing a bit of freelance work for, for Rich and I started working there. And um, uh, yeah, man, we've just been working together for a long time. I left for a little bit, tried to start my own business on the side and um, then partnered with another uh, guy who had also left Missing Link. We had a little video production company called Team Freelance. It was very team, uh, freelance. team freelance. Yeah, okay. it was very original, <laughs> and uh, and that was pretty cool. We were doing lots of lots of event uh, uh, videos, uh, and then at the time I was quite tired of doing uh, videos, and I also realized that there was a gap in the market for um, uh, skate brands or at least brands that that people in sort of the punk rock space could could wear into from literally t-shirts. Because um, there were brands like DC and Etnies and Element and all these skate brands that people were wearing and there weren't really any South African brands. So I wanted to start a, um, a clothing label called Quarter Pipe. And at the time, I was also chatting to Rich and saying, geez, man, I, I like, don't have enough time to start this other business while I'm still trying to make money from a video. And then he said, well, listen, come back to Missing part-time. We can, we can do this business. And so that happened for a, for a while. And then um, at one point, I Did needed Quarter to... Quarter launch? Quarter Pipe was... We had a website <laughs> and I printed some t-shirts for myself. But at the point when, <laughs> when I, you see, this is the thing, like, you know, so it's like, like get this thing set up and ready to go. And then at the same time, I, um, I needed to leave Missing Link. Um, and I chatted to Rich about it, even from a part-time perspective. And he said, well, listen, I've got this other idea for this business that we had started on the side, but it doesn't really have its own, its own entity. Why don't you and I run this business? And I was, you know, we were trying to flesh it out. And, and I said, what does is, what is this business actually do? And he said, well, we're going to sell perspective. Um, and if you've ever met Rich, <clears throat> if he tells you something like, we're going to go and sell perspective, uh, you don't actually laugh at his face and walk away. You think, wow, maybe there's something to this. So we started this business together. Well, Thunk had already started, but we sort of made it official um, when we had started. And then we started selling uh, facilitator brainstorms for companies. And we were a perspective lab. So we worked on the premise that whenever a group of smart people are sitting around a table trying to solve a problem, it's not a lack of knowledge that's holding them back. It's a lack of perspective. So that's what we ran. And uh, it was amazing. And we ran this business for for six years and then um, at the, so we started in 2008 and 2014. So you were literally just selling brainstorms. Yeah, and then what happened was we, we, uh, we had our customers come to us. So a brainstorm had like six to eight people in the room. And then we had our customers come to us and say, listen, I know this isn't what you do, but we've got 25 people and we want to achieve X. Um, can you guys do it? And we were like, not a problem. And we created a product. And then they come back and say, I know it's not what you guys do, but we've got 60 people and we want to achieve Y. It was like, can you do that? We're like, not a problem. And we started building all of these other products and we realized a Thunk Perspective Lab wasn't actually the business, it was a product. So we rebranded in 2012 to 21 Tanks. Um, 
and sorry, 2011. And um, from 2011 to 2014, we were working quite closely with Missing Link, the presentation company, because if you consider you're running a conference, you have speakers and you have content and videos and all the rest of it Missing Link was a part of. And then they would bring in 21 Tanks to do the on-site facilitation and team builds and brainstorms and all the rest of it. And then we were like, listen, we're doing so much together, we should totally merge these businesses. Uh, and that was 2014, and we did. And so we took 21 Tanks and we sort of... Um, closed the brand, we created a division within Missing Link, which we just very smartly called facilitation. Um, and then Missing Link then had three or four um, areas of the business, presentations, training, videos, and facilitation. Um, but what we also realized, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty was that was um, not the smartest move because we messed with the niche of Missing Link's presentation specialist uh, narrative. And so we had but to it also <laughs> mess with 21 tanks kind of positioning so, you, so people didn't know where to place. Yeah, it's, it's tricky because now you're going out selling facilitation as an entity uh, uh, and, and a um, division as opposed to its own business. And this is our specialty. So it sort of blended with the others. Now, while it, it worked in certain instances, I feel like our message to the outside world was really muddied. So we came up with this concept called the design and dissemination of strategy. And we thought we were super smart because um, it sounded like, you know, wow. And it alliterates and it's beautiful. But uh, the problem was that it was just um, people got confused by that. Um, and even our internal guys were trying to figure out where the one started and where the, the other ended. Um, so now we've actually pulled 21 tanks back out of Missing Link, and that's another one of the cultivation businesses. But um, yeah, listen, my so where I sit today is my journey definitely started with being exposed to dealing with a number of smart people through Missing Link um, from our customers, but also getting that thinking around uh, building and changing and being better and growing and pushing boundaries and, uh, and not taking things at face value, questioning things and not assuming. Um, and that was that was certainly driven when I was uh, when I was in my early twenties, and I don't look much older than early twenties. <laughs> no, I look very old. Um, <coughs> Um, I was, is, I was just hoping to let it slip by. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. We are, we are just a recording. Exactly, so like, exactly. Um, yeah, that was, that was certainly driven by, by Rich in um, my, early, my early career, is, is continually being pushed to, to keep questioning things and, um, and uh, grow, be better. So now, I mean, I've got a couple of questions to ask you. Mm. The first one is, you know, you've taken over as CEO of Missing Link. Um, and and I'm not sure if it was his official title, but that was Rich's job for for a very long time. Yeah. What was it like stepping into a role of somebody who's been in, like you know like of quite a big personality who's been doing it a certain way for a long time, and now you've got to almost step in and take that over? Like, what was that process like? Um, um, so Rich and I are very similar in a lot of ways, but also quite different in a lot of ways. <clears throat> And I feel like, um, again, you know, hindsight, right? When, when I started, I wanted to try and bring a different kind of flavor to uh, how Missing Link operates, not to completely change it, but also to, to bring something a bit different. Um, and it's quite difficult to get people on board 
uh, with that process over a period of time. And so that was my, was my struggle. And what I realized that I was spreading myself so thin over, because I started in, uh, in spring day in 2017. Um, and by the June, July of 2018, uh, I was so thinly spread throughout the entire business and customers and all the rest of it that I wasn't bringing any value to anyone, including myself. It was, it was just the worst idea because I wanted to try and um, be a part of a lot of stuff. Um, and then I got an email from a customer while I was actually on holiday. My wife forced me to, to go away for a week in the middle of the year and I, was, I left kicking and screaming, but it was uh, probably the best thing that could have happened because we were on the beach in Zanzibar and I got an email from a customer of ours um, <clears throat> who wasn't really happy with, with the product that we were uh, in the process of creating. And a line that he wrote in the email was something along the lines of, and Don, your inclusion in this project hasn't helped anything at all. And uh, so it was about 10.30 in the morning on this, this beach. I'm supposed to be smashing pina coladas and you know, getting ready for, for uh, just a day in the sun. And I think I must have gone absolutely pale. And my wife actually said to me, what's wrong? And I told her and um, I was gutted. I was absolutely broken. And that was the Monday of the beginning of the week away. So luckily I had a few days to um, think it over and just to, to assess where did this all go wrong and why did he say that? Um, and I realized exactly what, what, uh, what had happened um, to a point where I actually set a meeting with him after the project. Look, we, we sorted the project out. It was amazing at the end of the day. Um, but I set a meeting with him and I told him the story and I said, you ruined my holiday. And he said, I'm sorry. I said, no, 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 I'm actually here to thank you because uh, I needed that. Because when I got back to the office, I said to the guys, so this is what I am doing and this is what I'm not doing. Um, and I, I told them the story uh, about what had happened. And I think they were all uh, quite shocked that I was telling them that I was pretty crap. Um, but I was at that point. If you spread way too thin, you're not helping anybody. And it was much better uh, process working in the business after, after that. Uh, but changing the mindset with the guys and being able to, to build a different, I suppose, persona in, from how I lead people versus how Rich leads people, is, it's, it's a challenge, man. It's not easy. Now, what are you, what are you doing? Because you obviously not going to just leave the business without a CEO. I assume you've got somebody to take over from you. 100%. What are you doing to make sure that they don't fall into the same kind of trap that you did and, and so that you don't have to pay another year's <laughs> school fees? <laughs> so we've um, actually rehired our old MD, Sam. She left in uh, 2014 okay. and so she's been gone for five years and we begged her to come back and she agreed. Um, so what we've done is for July, she was literally auditing the business on paper. She didn't walk through the doors and then she walked in and we announced her uh, arrival on the 1st of August. And Did so like shoot flames out from behind her. It was amazing. It was almost like that Hunger Games girl on fire thing. She came in on a chariot. There was these fire on her dress. It was pretty cool. We had the fire brigade on standby, but everyone was okay. A few yes. minor. Safety, safety first, don't drive us Absolutely. <laughs> Little everyone had to sign an indemnity. <laughs> um, but uh, the, 
when we announced it to the guys, it was, um, I mean, no one freaked out. No one got scared. It sort of just makes sense um, that we have someone who is going to be working on the business. I think maybe there was possibly a bit of frustration that I was a constant bottleneck because, um, you know, so I've got a number of roles in the business from working with customers on certain projects to sales to uh, operations in the business. So there's there's a bunch of stuff that we, that we need to do. And um, so Sam taking the, uh, particularly the operations part over and um, output in terms of the stuff that's leaving the office from presentations and videos and all the rest of it is um, massive. It's huge. Um, so what's nice is it wasn't a, a big um, uh, learning curve to get a brand new person to understand the business uh, from a presentation perspective, but she does have five years working with a number of different businesses and bringing those learnings back into the business, which is huge. And we've also given her absolutely free reign to, to kill any legacies and any dinosaurs in the business from roles to process to everything. Um, because, you know, change is as good as a holiday. And I feel like a missing link. Old businesses need a bit of a kick in the pants. And, um, and Sam's a firecracker. She's, she's definitely going to do that. And how, how are you and Rich going to stay out of the way and let her do that if she starts killing some of the dinosaurs that you spent years putting energy into? <laughs> yeah, that's always so, so difficult, right? Um, Rich and I had a few um, debates about certain things that we were doing with Missing Link over the last two years as well. Um, because it's sort of my view and his perspective as well. So it's going to be um, a challenge. And I think what we what we have is each other. <laughs> it sounds like we're just going to hold each other tight um, to to call. And if, if someone is is starting to to get in the way of Sam's journey of what we need to do within Missing Link um, for the other one to say, dude, you know, step back. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be the easiest thing, but as long as we are mindful and continually mindful of it, I think we can, we can make it work. Also knowing that Sam has a history in Missing Link um, uh, and she knows the business and customers and how we do things, that does, that does help a lot. Okay. Yeah. And then another question I was interested, just jump back a little bit in the conversation where you're talking about merging 21 tanks yeah. into Missing Link. What was the, the kind of people cost there? Because you had these people in one business that were focused on delivering presentations and you've got another group of people that are focused on delivering facilitation and facilitated sessions. And they've got, they're kind of, I know they're solving similar issues, but they're coming at it from like yeah. completely different places. Yeah. Like what happened then when you try to merge those teams together and and you know tell us a little bit about that so luckily um when rich and i started uh thunk or essentially 21 tanks um we brought in the the culture of what excuse me of what uh, missing link was anyway you know so so the culture is who we are and how we act and the energy and things like that it's not something that you just write on a wall right so that culture side of it was um was very easy to to translate from the one business to the other 21 Tanks was a smaller business, so we we brought uh, we closed the 21 Tanks office and we moved the team over to Missing Link. Um, and what we'd also done previously is still engaged with the other business uh, or both businesses together quite a lot. So you didn't have to meet new people. It wasn't like strangers now walking into your business. Uh, so that transition was um, was easy. The biggest challenge, though, 
Uh, and I just assumed badly that uh, people would just understand what, um, what facilitation is and why it exists and why you would run a certain either strategic facilitation or a tactical facilitation. Um, and it was, it took a while to get people to understand when uh, each of those things should, should happen. Um, so that was tricky. I think it was easier for the 21 Tanks team because of Rich and my history. We would speak a lot about, you know, Missing Link and how it works and how it operates and stuff and why presentations are so important and why you should deliver a message strategically well and all the rest of it. So they got that. Um, but it was, it was a challenge trying to get the facilitation. Thing. The culture thing was, was easy. And that wasn't a, um, a big strategic thing. It just was because that's how we operate. And now that you're pulling people out, are you actually separating the offices and moving people into different buildings? No, for now, we've uh, created a space within the Missing Link office um, to that, that is the tank. So we've built a whole tank and it's got a big turret. And so that's the 21 tanks area um, just as a, as a transition period. And the, the plan for now is to have its own space there. But at some point, once we start growing this business into its, um, into its own uh, entity again, like properly, um, will almost certainly need um, separate space, but it still works now. So it's so it, luckily, so it's very good. And the transition for for the internal guys has been pretty um, pretty easy. And now, so you moving out of this business, uh, which is quite set up and has a clear audience and clear processes and clear deliveries, and you moving into this holding company thing. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about how that's gonna, how you think it's gonna play out, and and what do you think you're gonna be doing from day to day? Right. So so the six different businesses have uh, their own champion. Okay. So either the the MD or CEO of each of the different different businesses. Uh, what we realize, or part of what we realized anyway, is that with Rich and I being attached to six different businesses. Um, and each of us driving, so, so Rich is, is quite involved in, in TalkDraw, and I, of course, over the last two years have been um, uh, very involved in Missing Link. You've got another four businesses that aren't uh, essentially Rushed. feeling the love. Rushed. Yeah, Rushed. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you've got these champions running their own thing and not having partners in the business um, tapped in. So my role is to be working with those six champions quite specifically from a strategic and operational perspective. Rich's role is to work with all the six different businesses on a uh, visionary and strategic perspective as well. And the marriage of those two working with all the businesses, and that's why I'm quite excited because um, uh, I get to take learnings, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the last two years, specifically from Missing Link, but also the last however many other years just working within the businesses um, and start applying them to these other businesses and to be able to show love and to have, um, not that they don't have structure and process, of course, but to like, uh, have a, a more holistic approach for all of the businesses to work together, same lexicon, same language, same uh, processes as we, move, as we move forward. So we can all work together. Big uh, key area for me as well is, is how do we cross service um, within each of the businesses and then without as well. So I can sit in a meeting at whatever, Standard Bank, 
at 10 o'clock and have an hour meeting with a missing link project and at 11 o'clock move to a different boardroom and have another meeting for talk draw and then at 12 have another meeting for 21 tanks uh, with different people and be able to do that with uh, between all the different businesses is i think going to be massively valuable okay. and how are you how are you motivating and incentivizing these different champions you know because you've got these different businesses that are going to be performing differently and have to, you know, how, how are you managing that? So um, two things. Between the businesses, we will have preferential rates in terms of um, business that is run through the other, uh, the other business. Um, and then also, and we haven't refined it absolutely yet, but there will be some sort of a comm structure built within that, whether it is from a revenue perspective, um, whether it is from a, a shares perspective in the different businesses. We haven't actually ironed that out uh, yet, we're still in the process, but there will definitely be some sort of incentive. And it is quite nice for the champion of um, one of the business to also then incentivize their own teams, right? And then spread the love down. And, uh, um, but we'll work on that over, over, a period of, over a period of time. It's also for Rich and I to be able to see things from the, the uh, overview of all the businesses and to say, listen, you need to chat to this person because I just sat in a meeting, I sold you guys, but I also sold these guys, right? You can lead, but you need to bring these guys in and here's the process to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't do this, oh, it's so exciting, so exciting. I get to play with a lot of different people. And is that one of your, your life metrics? My life matrix, play with lots of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jeez, I, oh, I just love being able to work with people to see them and the business uh, grow together I think I, I feel like uh, coaching is quite an important um, important part of any business leader I suppose and if I can work with a number of different business leaders within just in our realm yeah, of our different businesses then um, that that keeps me warm and fuzzy what do you think makes for a good champion so what we've um, done, and this is why for uh, Missing Link, for example, bringing Sam back, is people who can, who can properly make decisions um, and not have to worry about um, uh, waiting for someone else to approve it. That is, the, I think, the biggest challenge with, with a lot of companies, and especially from a management perspective, is you, know, you can call people managers and you can give them the business cards and the titles and all the rest of it, but if they're not actually doing stuff if they're just managing things here and there they're not leaders and i feel like if you can uh, turn managers into leaders that's it's such a stronger space to be in um and i believe we have that in all the different businesses okay what they some of them need though is um uh, a bit more i suppose uh strategy moving forward but also because they've been working in the business for so long and now we can actually marry the two I mean, have you heard of, there's this organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization. Right. Which is essentially, uh, well, my description of it is it's like Alcoholics Anonymous right. for entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, have, you, have you tried to embed more of them into the organization, into 2IC forums or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So Tammy, our GM, uh, has been in 2IC forum. This is her second year, I believe. Uh, and she's found huge value from it particularly from a personal perspective in terms of, um, you know, it's the same as EO. We talk about uh, uh, having people who are like-minded in a room. doesn't matter if you have a $1 million business or a $100 million business, you're, you're suffering from a lot of uh, different things, but also some very similar things. Mm. Um, and the two ICs are, are in the exact same space. So 
yeah, that's been hugely valuable. I have been a part of Accelerator. I'm actually co-chair for Accelerator for, for this year. Um, and it's also a different kind of energy because, and that's what we also want to do from some of our smaller businesses to get them into Accelerator. So Firing Squad, so Jason, for example, in Cape Town, he's an Accelerator uh, Cape Town and he's loving it. And slowly but surely, we want to start getting more and more of them into it because again, same language, same feeling, same structure, same uh, way of thinking. And I feel once you can start blending that through everybody, you're all on the same page. Can, I, can you just uh, do a two-minute sales pitch on what Accelerator is for someone who might not know what it is? Yes. So Accelerator, so EO's um, revenue criteria is from a million dollars up, right? Accelerator is the same criteria in terms of founding, in terms of ownership or shareholding and all the rest of it, except it's from $350,000 to a million dollars. And the whole point of Accelerator is to accelerate the business into a million dollar plus environment from a bottom line, uh, from a top line revenue so that uh, you can join EO. That's the, that's the idea. They use the Vern Harnish's Scaling Up um, book. It covers people, cash, strategy, and execution. Um, and it is massively valuable. Like we've been, we've been running you know, businesses for a long time. And every time I do a learning day, which is once a quarter, I always learn something. Even when they use the same um, uh, uh, content, um, you're different. Yes. You 365 days later, you're a different person. I Your business is different. I 80,000 rand in my business just running that 1% which is that thing where you... Oh, that power of one. Yeah, yeah, that was the cash day. Yeah, you oh. your, your um, prices by 1%, you lower mm. your cost by 1%, mm. you, uh, you know, you just, you tweak all these little 1% yeah. levers, I found 680,000 rand. That's incredible. Lying around. No, the, the, the tools and the thinking that, um, that the scaling up applies for these businesses is massive. It's massive. Even just running these little things. And so I've, now what I've done is, um, so all the learning days are put into the diary and I've booked time the next day with um, Sam, our new MD, and Tammy, our GM, uh, and Tracy, our accountant, to sit with them and go through, because sometimes from a finance perspective, it all, it all um, makes sense, to sit with them, to take them through the big learnings from the previous day for them to then implement uh, uh, through the business. And what I will be doing from now September is sharing that stuff with the rest of the businesses as well because yes. they they you you can't just learn it and it just sits right you have to apply but if I'm helping the champions work on the business that's where the that's where the magic's going to happen yeah I mean I've, I've also booked in time off the forum so I sit with my team off the forum and share mm. the same thing so you that's amazing it also forces you from a discipline perspective to you like I know there's a group of people tomorrow expecting something yes so yes just sit you and drift off into yeah into wow that's incredible eh? so you just you just take learnings from your forum and then you just apply that and say guys this is what we need to be doing yeah and there's always i mean if you're listening and you're taking notes there's always something of course there's always somebody's like this is how we run our hiring like, yeah okay that, you know yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. i can apply that it's not in my mandate to to fix but i can bring that back like a little nugget to hand to someone yeah. inside the business. I'm going to do that. I, yeah, yeah. I was very much from a learning day and then apply, you know, apply that learning the next day, but I will set time after forums because you're right. And then, yes, you're learning from there and now you're... Applying. Yeah, you have to because yeah. you booked that time. Well, isn't that where the value is created? So you do the learning, then you apply it and that's actually kind of value. Um, you know, I, I, I pay my EO dues 
you know, as soon as I receive the invoice every year, because I get like my business yeah. gets not only the personal benefit of me, but the financial returns from mm. buying some of the ideas that I'm exposed to are. That's um, massive. I will, I will do that. Yeah. So That's a little tidbit. Thank you for <laughs> teaching me, Ross Drakes. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so if you come on radio, you too. Can <laughs> um, so, so we were having a little bit of a discussion before we started um, recording, and, and you mentioned that you know you're a, this this free state boy who was moderately reluctant to become an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, so well, I mean, not not that I looked at this profile and thought, shit, this is not for me, is that it was never a thing. You know, so my my dad left school at 16. He lied on his um, uh, application to join the army uh, too young. And then he was a, uh, he worked on the mines as an engineer, uh, f- uh, like his whole life. And he studied while when we were young and he was a mechanical and electrical engineer. And, you know, so he always had a job at a big company. And so growing up, I was like, yeah, okay. So, you know, dad has a job at a company. I will have a job at a company. And I never, it never crossed my mind to create my own business just because I wasn't exposed to it. Um, and then when I was exposed to to this way of thinking and this way of life and the potential of what this could be, it was um, hugely exciting. So, so that's, that's where it all, where it all started. But, um, and now that I suppose the narrative of it used to be get a big job and, and work somewhere for 30 years. Now our president stands up and talks about uh, entrepreneurship and getting entrepreneurship into schools, into schools, like you can learn how to think about this kind of stuff. I don't know what they're going to put in the syllabus because you cannot, I don't believe, I don't believe you can teach being an entrepreneur. You can teach how to run a business, but that's business economics. And we had that in the 90s. So it's nothing new. I don't, I'd be curious to see what an entrepreneurship syllabus looks like. But I also um, am don't want to see what it looks like because I don't want it to see the light of day because I think it's the dumbest idea in the world. It's we're creating too many small businesses um, and that's going to uh, be problematic in the future because everyone is going to be fighting for the same little crumbs. If you've got a lot of small businesses, you're all fighting for crumbs. If you have one big business or, or less bigger businesses, you're all fighting for the bigger kind of stuff. And that's okay because they can, you, you can show value being a big business. And well, I don't care. Join forces to create something big. Even businesses like WPP, for example. And they've got like, I don't know, 50 odd companies underneath the WPP umbrella from media to PR to all the, uh, to all the rest of it. And they're now going in and fighting for business as a as a big unit as opposed to you know uh, um, uh, competition between between their own brands so they're going to go out and, and create value as a and this is big businesses that are under this umbrella but now it's even a bigger business because they're seeing s- subject matter experts throughout the whole chain and now we're vying for one big uh, opportunity and Cyril Ramaphosa <laughs> is completely flipping that around and going, no, just start your own thing, man. You can be cool, like whatever, Richard Branson. I was like, no, not everyone is is Branson. Also, Branson doesn't have his tiny little business, you know, running out of his garage. He's got things 
like big things that are run by big, highly paid people. But you don't think he started with a small business somewhere? Yes, but how many people have tried to, I tried to start a t-shirt company, you know, and that it was called quarter pipe. Right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I should find those designs and print them again. They were pretty cool. Um, but no, I just I, I don't think it's smart. Also, the the chain of of payment starts becoming quite problematic because we were talking before we started recording about waiting for customers to pay. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people now, especially in in South Africa's economic climate, are holding on to as much money as possible. They don't want to pay. They pay at the very last minute so that they can make as much interest as as, as they can. Um, so if you consider five levels down the way, because you've got all these small little businesses, instead of if you have one company doing something for one company, you wait for that one company to pay and then it's done. But if you have a chain of this company A does something for B, B then does it for C, C then does it for D, and then you've lost thing in like, like M-N-O-P, like far down the chain, that, that person at the very end has to pay backwards. And then it's 60 days and then 30 days and 30 days. Eventually, all these, the small guys at the end who wanted to make an impact, are they have no money because they have to wait for, for the other person's customer to pay. He also has to wait for other customers to pay and so on and so on and so on. And we've seen it before. Like we've, we've had big arguments with, with uh, large companies for work that we've done and we're only one, uh, one chain away from payment. Yeah. We luckily didn't in that particular uh, project, and I won't mention names, but they uh, sell decoders. Um, uh, we were waiting for money for a long time and they completely broke um, the contract and our terms. And so here's me trying to run a business and also fight for money. Um, no one should be doing that. We should all be... Uh, sticking to contracts and paying accordingly. So it's, it's just not fair for the smaller guys. So the more little guys we have fighting for crumbs, they're not going to last, which means they're now going out to, to study something that um, is potentially going to be quite problematic as opposed to them doing something that's going to be bigger and more meaningful. That's my perspective anyway. While I love this journey that we're on, um, it's having too many people Trying to eat from the same pie is, I think it's a bad idea. So what do you, what do you think makes an entrepreneur and what do you think makes a non-entrepreneur? So I've always had a bit of a, um, a hard struggle with the word entrepreneur. Like I never say to people, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I feel like it is, is such... Is it in your Twitter bio? <laughs> no. No. No, it's not. Okay. And, and I've never, ever said to people, never, I've never written it down. Oh, I, I mean, I've, I'd love to be proven wrong. But as far as I know, I've never done that because I actually have hold such weight in the word. Okay. And there are certain people that I believe have that mindset of going out... Uh, seeing something that's wrong and going out and fixing it and being different about that and, and showing value and making an impact and changing the way things are done. That's how I see this entrepreneur. Not So there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner or a shareholder or um, uh, someone who just decided, oh, no, let's, um, let me open up another flower shop. Then you just, you, and that's okay. You can totally be a flower shop owner. The title sometimes... Um, uh, concerns me. I think sometimes people start throwing it around willy-nilly, but I personally hold massive, massive value on that, on the word itself. Maybe too much. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. Would you, would you consider yourself an entrepreneur? So to be honest, um, uh, no. 
because I hold uh, such high value and um, but I feel like I have certain aspects that could um, could be that but yeah I don't know like I say it's 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 tough it's tough for me that's why I've never written it down for myself but again maybe I'm just being a dick <laughs> so do you think if you took a beating for long enough like if you're doing this for like 40 years would you then earn the badge yes and like a, a survival thing right or? yeah maybe it is maybe I need just tenure in this yeah. <laughs> in this this frame uh, I don't know when I don't know when I would be I would be happy to 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 label myself as as an entrepreneur but um uh, I think that's my own that's my own personal personal journey that I may be fighting. Um, let's give it by 2025. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm staking the ground right now, uh, and I'll it's far enough away that I'm comfortable, <laughs> but not too close that you have to, have to do it. Yeah, then I'll put it on my Twitter bio <laughs> if I still feel I've got it in me. Okay. Now you know what? There's, there's like I said, there's a certain amount of people that I feel like are. Um, um, encapsulate that persona, um, and that's and that's okay. I remember being at a at a gig once. I was emceeing a net profit that used to run in in um, out of Cape Town with uh, Rob Gilmore from RSA Web, and I remember a guy standing up during some Q and A, and he said, "Hi, I'm whatever his name was. I'm a startup," and I thought that was hella interesting for you to call yourself a startup. Um, and that's when I started uh, sort of debating and auditing what people are calling themselves and how and why. And that's where the whole entrepreneur thing came up too. This is like, I have a business that is just starting up. That's a different story. But when you start just labeling things like I am a startup, that's, um, I don't know, personally, I think it's quite, uh, quite strange. And I feel like we've, we've built this, um, uh, I don't know, culture of throwing words around without real adding real value to the meaning. So would you join the business owners organization? <laughs> yes. Although, listen, I am part of EO, but that's a, it's a, um, um, a different mandate for me because it's also, I, I, there's, there's structure and there's similarities in, in the people who are part of this, part of this journey. And um, yeah, it's, it's just highly valuable. Highly valuable, but yeah, if we ever do um, B O O, <laughs> boo, <Yeah. laughs> we'll start. We'll start. Don't tell the EO members, but we're going to start boo, and it's the business owners organization, and that's that's how we're going to run. We're going to steal everything: forum and accelerator and boo accelerator. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Um, I think that's a lovely note to end this whole conversation. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> um, you've been listening to to radio. Can I say thank you first? No, no, you can't, because I'm about to introduce the podcast of the business owners organization. <laughs> then we get into phase two. Um, no, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I think thanks, that was dude. A really interesting episode. <laughs> I hope so. Hold a little bit of value in uh, for us all starting boo. That'll be quite fun. Um, but this has been rad. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's I, I must admit I don't often um, get to share or remind myself of where where this all came from. So thank you. So so if you feel that Don has mislabeled himself um, <laughs> and want to fix that, you should find him on Twitter at Don Packet. Yeah.
Dompeke, D-O-N-P-A-C-K-E-T-T. There you go. So shout out to any, any kind of vitriol which you have towards him <laughs> and don't direct it at me. Um, uh, so, so I believe that one of the reasons we've created this podcast is that sharing information like this is one of the most valuable things you can do. So if you know anyone who might benefit from hearing this, um, please pass it on. Um, and if you are an entrepreneur, and I use that word lightly, um, <laughs> if you are an entrepreneur or potentially just a business owner um, and you want to find out more, you can go to eonetwork.org and you can find out all about this um, lovely organization. Um, a quick shout out to our sponsors who are not only brilliant businesses but also really, really clever and talented people. Um, Bidvest, McCarthy and Execcare, you guys are absolutely amazing. And I'm going to end the episode by promising another one in two weeks, which I've lied about many, many times, but I'm all about incremental improvements. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll hit it this time. So thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.